James's Saturday Show. Fantastic classics, artist interviews, and brand new music. James's Saturday Show on IndieLive.radio. Hi there, Rudy. Hi, James. How are you? I'm grand. I'm grand. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for uh, putting some music into the show for us. Um, we've no, had some nice feedback it. on it. Um, and I've had uh, Dave Rennie, our very own Dr. Dave, biting my ear off about uh, getting a Zoom chat with you, getting organised. <laughs> so how, how do you know Dave? Uh, so he's actually uh, my my best pal's dad. He uh, so I've been playing with uh, Dave's son for almost twenty years now. We've been right. uh, we were in the band together for a lot of years, and we've been um, writing music together for a lot of years, playing music and recording stuff for years. So um, good. When uh, when so so we were working on some music together, and uh, and Colin Dave's son mentioned to his dad that. Um, that I'd actually released uh, a sort of solo EP, mm. and he was like, you know, get it into, get it into indie radio. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's how that all happened. <laughs> no, that that's really really good. It's always interesting to try and get a little bit of background. Um, you know, when when yeah. people get in touch with me, because um, in all honesty, I'm snow dunder with the people yeah. putting things in. You know, and it's trying to find okay. time to listen to everything and also contact them back and, you know, either give them good news or not so good news or whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm glad sure. to say that the from your point of view, what you'd sent in to me, just, I really fell in love with it straight away. I thought it was just superb. Thanks very much, James. Cheers. <laughs> so you said that you've been playing for like 20 years. So are you like a full-time musician now or do you sort of like have a day job and just do the musician stuff part-time uh sort of a bit of both um i'm uh i'm currently a student i'm studying mental health nursing at Aberty, right. um and i'm also you know so before um the coronavirus um pandemic i basically was working uh weekends sort of three or four gigs a weekend um to to pay my way through that basically yeah um but um but yeah i mean I, I, music's i've always been playing uh music i've always been playing instruments so it's it's always been a big you know sort of big part of my life yeah and i'm assuming that you write your own material as well or do you yeah, uh, for someone else yeah so the the harmsway ep that was all my own uh writing um, I, I also write with uh, Dave's son. Um, we do some other stuff. We've got we've got a band basically called Codder Drive, and we we're working on some stuff together at the moment. Um, but I also yeah, so I do, I write a lot myself, and I write a lot with Colin. I kind of I write a lot. So especially during this last year, where I've been locked in this box room, I write a lot. So you know, um, a lot of it. You know, sometimes uh, it's suitable for what me and Colin are doing together and sometimes it's more suitable for uh you know just for yeah. me to to use it as solo stuff yeah. I mean I must admit um because of this whole lockdown um thing in in some ways it's worked out quite well for uh, artists 
not because they can't go out and perform, unfortunately, but it's getting them to look at different ways to get themselves out there. Um, you know, so a lot of them have turned to doing like online gigs on Facebook and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Have you done anything like that yourself? Yes. So um, before um, the pandemic, I was involved with a, or I attended anyway, uh, an open mic uh, pub in Dundee called Bergies and uh, that was every Thursday night and it was a kind of jam session. There's lots of musicians and, um, you know, someone would jump up and play some songs and then there'd be other musicians in the background playing along with you. Um, so when that sort of, when we realized that we were no longer able to go to the pub, we decided to start um, doing that on Facebook and that's carried on the, the entire year. We've, we've mm-hmm. been playing every Thursday night. Um, so we'll be playing tomorrow night and, you know, so we all just go on and do a sort of 15 minute set um which has been great that's that's the kind of only thing we've I've, I've done a few sort of um longer sets for certain pubs and for mm. uh for charities things like that um so yeah it's something that we've we've sabbled with a bit <laughs> no that, that's good and i'm assuming um also then you may have had the skill set beforehand but obviously you've had to do all the production stuff um at home um, maybe sent out to get it mastered or whatever, but all the most, most of the production would have been done at home, yeah? Well, so, yeah. So Colin and I basically started recording when we were 16. We started recording in our living rooms, and, you yeah. know, and we've, we've done that for years. Um, what happened during the pandemic was that I, I was forced to, because I've never been really that interested in technology and audio and I wanted to write songs and play instruments and so I was forced to start learning to record um, during that and and then uh, I would send it off to Colin and say what do you think of this mm-hmm. and he'd say maybe you should adjust this a little bit that sort of thing and then with that EP so yeah I recorded all that here in this room and then I sent it to Colin and he mastered it for me yeah. Um, yeah. and so and since then because because I, I write so much, I'm, I'm, I'm working on something again myself uh, that I'm now learning to have to, or having to learn to, uh, to master as well uh, mm. because, because, you know, it's too much. He's got too much on basically. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. Colin actually did um, a couple of jingles um, for me right, yeah. um, for Indie Live Radio. Um, and I know that uh, Dave's said, you know, that, for a small fee, you know, he'll do some more for us. And I've got a couple mm-hmm. of ideas that I'll probably put out to him um, to ask him to do. Because um, I, I do, as well as doing the Saturday morning show, I do a Thursday night show, a country music show. And uh, uh-huh. one, one of my friends, Tommy, um, picks a couple of songs every week. And we call them Tommy's Tunes, spelled C-H-O-O-N-S, in the good old Scottish uh-huh. way. <laughs> and I want to get I want to get a jingle, you know, f- for that, so that before we play those two tracks, we can whack on the jingle, you know, and it like yeah, it, you know. So let's just say uh, something country, that I'm country, <laughs> country and folk is what I grew up with, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll um, try and get in on that with Colin. Yeah. Uh, to, to, uh, well, the, can be it, it's interesting, you know, because the. The eastern side of Scotland is really quite heavily uh, dominated with a lot of country 
um, influences. Yeah. You know, I, I, my my ex wife was uh, from Fife, and uh, her whole family were into the whole country and western thing. And by the whole country and western thing, I mean they were right into it. Her dad was a champion, a fast draw, you know, all that kind of stuff. They were right into all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff, which is fine. You know, the music is more my my kind of thing. I, I, I like dressing yeah. up as a cowboy and that when I was a wee boy, but I don't really see the attraction as an adult. My, uh, so my parents um, were, uh, were a country and western duo uh, back in the uh, 90s. And, um, and I remember finding, you know, my mum and dad sort of like, you know, country and western jackets with the tassels and, you know, and the steps in and all that. And yeah, it was, it was ideal for dressing up and, and you know, Playing, you know, shoot them ups. Yeah, and of course you can transfer that. You know that that whole kind of outfit. You can transfer that across music. You know, it just doesn't have to be yeah. to do with country and western. I mean, I've seen lots of yeah. rock and rollers. You know, wearing fringe jackets and cowboy hats and all yeah. sorts of stuff over the years. <laughs> so let, let's talk a wee bit more about your music then. So. Obviously, there's going to be some sort of influence, you know, as you said, with folk and, and with a certain extent, country. Um, what other aspects of music or other genres of music do you find bleeding into you? So, for, in high school, I got right into rock music, grunge music uh, in particular. So, um, Nirvana and mm. uh, Rage Against the Machine, those were the, the right. bands that I really got into. And then, when I got a little bit older, I was really drawn to... Uh, Scottish rock bands, so Biffy Clyro, uh, Idlewild, uh, and then Frightened Rabbit when I was a little bit older. And so those those um, bands really sort of uh, spoke to me. And, you know, King uh, Kruzo, um, mm-hmm. Arab Strat, these, the, all these Scottish artists that I kept finding. And, um, I, you know, I prided myself in knowing hundreds of, you know, Scottish musicians. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was my real story. And also it kind of influenced what I loved about uh, these bands is that they sang in a Scottish accent. Yeah. And, and that's what I wanted to do when I listened to re- recordings from when I was 16, there was a kind of weird English American twang to my voice. And I've developed over the years, to, you know, just, just uh, to sing, sing myself, you know, so yeah. use my own voice. Mm. Um, and that comes from, from listening to all those bands. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to perform, um, in bands and as a solo um, and one of the things that I did as a solo was I used to do cruise ships with a, oh, cool. a kind of a kind of tribute uh, to uh, the likes of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and stuff like that uh-huh. and um, I wasn't trying to be those artists but I found quite quickly that I had to develop a style and an accent to my voice that made it a bit yeah. more palatable. Um, and then Absolutely. when I was when I was singing more traditional sort of Scottish stuff when I was in the Cayley band, I had to go back the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, I struggle with uh, doing covers. It, obviously, I was doing that for a job um, in, in the pubs. And I was doing covers, but I struggle with covers because they don't sound right a lot yeah. of the time, you know, with, with my voice. And so I just kind of have to try and make them my own. Mm. That's often fine when you're doing a cover in amongst the rest of your other songs. You make, mm. make it really your own. But when it's um, a, a three-hour set in a pub of, of covers, mm. um, it's it's a bit strange just seeing, you know, this hairy guy on stage, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, but again, though, going back to the to the whole sort of a uh, Scottish rock scene, I mean, that has helped guys like yourself, you know, who, who have kind of grown up listening to, as you say, like Sir Biffy Clyro and King Creosote, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's helped you to, to identify yourself, you know, from a musical yeah. perspective when you're going to sing. Um, but it's yeah. also a very long tradition, um, Scottish rock, um, which I personally feel is often undersold. You know, I'm talking back with guys like Nazareth and stuff like that, you know, the Sensational mm-hmm. Alex Harvey mm-hmm. band. You know, I mean, I remember going to see those guys, you know, back in the 70s, um, early 80s, um, and they were, that's what they did. They sang as Scottish people, you know, and it's a bit like somebody who got into radio or television back then. They had to speak awfully proper English and they weren't allowed to use their local accents, you know, and I thought, to hell with that, you know what I mean? When I got into radio, it was like, I'm sorry, I'm me, you know, I'm not going to put on an accent for Mm -hmm. anybody. And I did a stint. Um, at uh, Radio Scotland at the uh, drama department in Edinburgh and um, they wanted me to read in for something so I went in and I was reading that and it was a Scottish play and the director was like no you can't use that accent and I'm like but it's a Scottish play mate you know what I mean I'm playing a Scotsman I'm not playing some guy for the Midlands who's supposed to be Scottish you know oh no no we'll have to get someone else in to do it ah well fair enough go for it you know (laughs) But then a little yeah. bit, a little bit after that, um, I got a, a job, a one-off a, with Radio Clyde. Um, they were doing a, the story of Glasgow, um, and it was a radio drama, and I did several bits in that. But I was allowed to be, you know, proper Glaswegian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I do find sometimes when I'm speaking, I mean, I do adapt when I'm speaking, I know I do that, when I'm speaking to people professionally who are not Scottish, uh, I speak a bit more proper, if you like, but when I'm speaking with Scottish people, I tend to get into the twang much more, you know, um, so I kind Absolutely, of... Absolutely, yes. I, re- I remember being uh, young and um, not seeing um, Scottish people represented on TV, um, you know, it was it was... You know, it was all American and English people on TV, as far as I could see. And then when there were Scottish people, it was um, sort of comical versions of them. You know, yeah. Willie from The Simpsons, uh, that sort of stuff. You know, and uh, and that's that's fine. You know, but uh, what's you know what's amazing now is to see that. And so these bands, so Frightened Rabbit and Biffy Clyro, are both huge in America. Yeah. You know, and they you know they speak. Uh, Scottish and they sing Scottish and I love that um, mm. and so I, you know I want to always sort of um, stay true to myself and, and mm. with certainly within my music mm. like, like yourself in a professional sort of conversation sometimes I do try and uh, you know speak more professionally speak yeah. more clearly um, but when I'm singing it's you know I'm, I'm trying to convey something that I feel, and I feel in Scottish, so it makes yeah. sense for me to sing. As, as the saying goes, it's horses for courses, you know. Um, so if you have to adapt, then you you know you adapt. Um, I I was always getting into trouble by with one of my cousins who I lived down south for a long time, and I'd be speaking to him, and he'd say to me, "Why are you speaking like an Englishman?" And I'm like, "I'm not speaking like an Englishman," but obviously. <laughs> There were certain inflections that I was using that I didn't realise, you know, but he was picking yeah. up on it. 
Um, yeah. So, and I always remember as well, my ex-wife, uh, the first time she sort of came through to Glasgow and met a load of the family, uh, she was completely bamboozled because obviously they were all broad Glaswegians and she couldn't <laughs> understand a word that anybody was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, but, so because I, I grew up in St Andrews, I went to high school in St Andrews, and so because there's so many... Um, different accents going on there. My accent was a little bit strange. Uh, and then I moved to Glenrothes and I had this sort of um, strange, um, <laughs> posh job, uh, slightly American accent. Um, but then, you know, Glenrothes kind of beat that out of me. I've been in Dundee now for 16 years. So that's kind of, it's kind of, there's still a, a, a twang, I think, there. But, um, you know, they, they, these sort of uh, more sort of, um, Scottish places brought it back out of me. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I, we had a, a, a get well. She, she was on the uh, the daytime talk show, um, which is a, a Friday um, show. Uh, a, a young girl called Iona Fife. I don't know if you've heard of her, um, yeah. but she mm, yeah. she had a. <laughs> she had a, an ongoing battle with Spotify because she sings in Scots, um, but she couldn't list her yeah. songs as being Scots because there wasn't an option in there. Um, and she went after Spotify and got them to change it, which, you know, is great. Um, so after yeah. after hearing her being interviewed, um, I was like, oh, you know what? I need to get her, her music on, you know, and I played it a couple of times and I want to try and see if we can arrange to get a wee interview for her on the Saturday show as well, you know. Yeah, um, I'm sure she, she's been involved in some of the, uh, Facebook live events that um, I've been involved in, so I think yeah. that's sure she would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's got such a wonderful voice, you know. And yeah. th there is a great wealth of talent out there, you know. Mm -hmm. what I mean, um, people like yourself who, not necessarily full time musicians, but are talented, you know, singers, songwriters, players, whatever the case may be, um, and they don't necessarily get you know, the, the kind of airplay that they they deserve to get. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm trying to to kind of rectify a wee bit on my show. Um, I always yeah. try and have new artists on there. And by new artists, I'm not talking about, you know, youngsters. You know, I'm talking about people like yourself, proper grown-ups, you know, that make really good music and they're just not getting, you know, the kind of exposure that they, they deserve to get. Um, so, you said that you're, you're currently studying um, for mental health. Now, this might seem like a bit of a, a no-brainer. It kind of does to me, but I need to ask the question anyway. I'm assuming that you're going to make use of your musical talents within that job at some point. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked, because, yeah, absolutely, that's the plan. Um, it's strange being in a class with... Uh, 60 um, people who are going to be fantastic nurses and knowing that I don't fully intend to be a nurse, uh, you know, so my, my plan is absolutely to, to use music and the education that I'm getting um, to try and support people. And I don't know exactly um, who uh, I'm looking to support yet. I'm still I'm yeah. in second year, still got a couple of years to go. But yeah, absolutely. My plan is to to do that. To I think music is a, an extremely healthy uh, thing to be involved in. From playing music with people, that's a really social 
thing. It's um, writing down your feelings and actually uh, sort of exploring what you actually feel about something, um, which is a really, really um, fantastic thing to do. So I want to help people to do that, whether it's teaching them instruments or teaching them songwriting or just listening to music in a sort of like therapeutic way. Yeah. Absolutely, what I plan to do. Yeah. I I know quite a few people who who use their music um to help you know in therapy sessions for people with mental mm-hmm. health issues and all sorts of different things you know and they always tell me you know that afterwards they feel so good you know not yeah. because they've done something good but because of the way that they see how it's affecting other people you know especially yeah. if they've had somebody in the group who's been kind of quite reticent not necessarily you know angry about it but you know not really wanting to get involved on the fringes but then gradually they they come in you know they they move closer towards the center and then hopefully at one point you know you discover that they've got an amazing singing voice or they're able to play a guitar or whatever the case may be you know um it, it kind of brings them out of themselves you know and one of the things that i keep hearing people going on about in the pandemic is mental health you know, um, and I put my hand up. I don't know a huge amount about it, um, but I do know that there will be a lot of people will, will have suffered, you know, because they're stuck indoors on their own, um, you know, and it's difficult. I mean, I, I live on my own um, and I work from home um, and I must admit, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Not that I'm anti-social or anything like that, but I can actually do more when I'm here by yeah. myself than when I'm yeah. in an office setting, you know what I mean? Because in the office, yeah. you've always got people wanting to talk to you. You know, it's the same when you're at college and stuff like that, you know. You've always got yeah. people wanting to communicate with you um, and it's difficult yeah. to concentrate, you know. Um, so that's been a benefit for me. From I it, think you're I probably know. the same as well that, that I want to be the person talking as well. Yeah. So being, being sort of confined to my room means that I'm not distracting myself or others, mm. but yeah, no, I've, 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 um, I had a bit of both, you know, it's been great. It's, I've been really creative over the last year. I've, uh, I've done really well with uni. Um, I've managed to get, um, assignments done, uh, pretty well. And I think that's sort of down to not having the distractions and stuff, but also there have been times when, because, uh, you know, I, I do spend most of my time in this little box room. And sometimes there have been times where, you know, find myself, like I need to speak to someone, you know. <laughs> um, I need to be around uh, human beings, you know. So um, I've, had, I've had a bit of both um, throughout this year, yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I must admit, um, a few weeks ago, I did kind of think that way myself to a certain extent, you know that. I wasn't like getting down about it or anything like that, but I just kind of thought, you know what, I really need another human being. To, to kind of interact mm-hmm. with us um, and yeah. the only interaction I had really had with other people was when I'd gone out to the supermarket but even at that I wasn't really interacting with anybody because you know you're keeping your two meter distance yeah. and all that kind of stuff but thankfully it was announced uh, the other day that from this Friday you know we're going to be able to go and visit friends and family you know and stuff like that so so that'll yeah. be good because um, I've got a couple of uh, great nieces who just turned one year a couple of days ago um, and I've never seen them 
and they only live like 10 minute walk from where I am but you know I made a conscious decision you know that I was going to cut myself off from people um, because if I had something I didn't want to pass it on to anybody else but by the same token if I didn't have it I didn't want anybody passing it on to me you know so I, I made that conscious decision you know whereas a lot of people it's been kind of thrust on them you know Sure. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. with with the, the the music stuff, then, um, and I, I do kind of ask a lot of people this question: um, Do you or have you ever considered writing a, a protest song of some description? Doesn't have to be about Scottish independence in any shape or form, but sure. not a protest song of some sort of description. Well, so. It's certainly something we shied away from when we were younger. Uh, I think probably because we we weren't really uh, that politically minded and we didn't really know enough. Uh, over the years now, I think that um, you probably should use, if you have a voice, you probably should use it. Um, and I write, I write a blog um, where I talk about um, a lot of things about health and, and music and relate those things. And I talk about other things that have happened in the last year. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and so I use that, that voice in that sense in, in the blog. And, and yeah, absolutely. It's something that I've considered um, in terms of uh, writing songs about it as well. The, I, what I, uh, the, the only reason I guess I haven't is because songs, sometimes just happen yeah I, I don't really i don't usually write a song with the purpose of writing a song about something mm. i come up with a melody and some cool words i mumble until the words turn into um in, into a, a, a song and so it's not always a purposeful um meaning behind a song um which is kind of you know it's kind of just the way my music is i like i like people to make their own mind up about what my songs are about or whatever yeah. unless I'm, t- I'm talking i quite often talk about myself as well i was reading an interesting article uh, earlier today actually by gary barlow um who uh, obviously written a, quite a lot of uh, hit songs <laughs> and it was basically about uh, how he treats writing a song and he said a really interesting thing and in that he said that you should treat it as a friend, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of welcome it into your life. And you know you're yeah. going to get frustrated by it. You know you're going to get elated by it. But, you know, you should treat it as a friend. And I thought, I don't think I've ever heard anyone who writes songs say that. But I thought, sure. that's a really, really good analogy. It is a nice analogy, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, you... It, so... There's a piece of work that I'm uh, working on at the moment, which I I thought was finished. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, this is great. I love it. It's brilliant. It's the best thing I've ever written. And then I listened to it a few more times. Then I gave it a little bit of space. And then I thought, I hate this. It's rubbish. I, I absolutely hate it. And so, so yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Um, and that's, I guess that's a relationship I have with some of my friends too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't write songs, but I do write. 
Um, and uh, I must admit, I get like that at times, you know, when I get into a, a real groove and I, I, I throw myself into it and I write stuff and then I, I think, you know, I've finished it and then I reread it and, I, oh no, wait a minute, that needs to be changed, you know, or that must come out or this has to go in, you know, and then by the same token, at some point I get to the point where I think, oh, that's just complete and utter rubbish. Yeah, yeah. So I was. I remember. I remember somebody telling me a long time ago that at that point, what you should do is get somebody else to look at it, and then get uh, their reaction to it. And I suppose the same's true with a song. You know, you in your head, it sounds perfect. Um, you, you play it to to Colin or whoever, um, and they're not being hypercritical, but they will pick up things that you're going to miss. You know, because you're so close to it. Yeah, I've got a couple of pals that I um, will show music. Colin, plus another couple of guys that I'll show um, the songs that I'm working on and say, what do you think of this? What? Because I'm new to audio as well and recording. Um, although I've been, I've been behind the mic for years. I've not been behind the computer um, and, uh, and that and, and being in control of that. So, you know, because I'm new to that, I'm showing it to people who have a little bit more experience and also people that I know have a good year for music and I say yeah. you know what do you think of this and sometimes they'll get back to me and say that's cool or it's not it's not that great and but sometimes they'll actually give me some sort of actual um feedback and, and sort of constructive uh, criticism something that I can go away and work on for you know a couple of hours or a couple of days or whatever yeah so, yeah yeah no I, I think it's important you know that people can give you you say constructive criticism. Criticism is fine if it's constructive. It's not so yeah. good when it's destructive, you know? And whenever people send anything for me to, to listen to, even though I don't feel that it's suitable, you know, for me to play, for instance, um, I could pass it on to Dave um, because he does an well, evening uh -huh. show and it's probably more suitable for a play in the evening. And I'll tell people that, you know, I'll say, I'm up front with yeah. them about it. Sorry, it's not really suitable for a daytime show, but we do have a guy who does a show at nighttime. We can pass it on to him. And likewise, Dave does the same thing. You know, people will speak to him about oh. stuff and he will say, oh, get in touch with James. He's, he's, your, he's your man. <laughs> Yeah. So we, we kind of reciprocate uh, for each other. But the one thing that I always yeah. do with people is I always get back to them. Um, you know, when somebody sends me something, I always respond um, when I've received it. And then I always respond back to them when I've listened to it and, and tell them what I think about it. And if, we're, if I'm going to play it, you know, I'll say, right, it's going to be on this week's show. The only thing I don't do is I don't say to them, it's going to be on at 10 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock in the morning. Sure. Um, while I have a running schedule for the show, it's not something that's rigid. <laughs> So sure. there might there might be something that I've written down that's going to be towards the end of a three-hour program, but for some reason I decide to stick it in at the start or in the middle or whatever, you know, and I like to yeah. have that yeah. flexibility, you know. Um, right, right, so yeah. That's why I always say to people, you know, if I'm going to play it, it'll be between 10 and 1. I can't give you a definitive time. It's also a good way to get people to listen to a three-hour show, actually. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I get and get all their pals listening to the three-hour show too. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but so going going forward, obviously we're we're, we're kind of coming out of lockdown now. Uh, people are getting their injections and all the rest of it. We're thinking in terms of. Um, 
being able to go to pubs and clubs and stuff like that um, to, to, to see live musicians, probably um, at the earliest midsummer. Um, although my personal opinion is that you're probably looking at autumn. Um, certainly for yeah. it to be indoors. Um, have you made any kind of plans um, for that far ahead or are you kind of working on a much tighter schedule? I, um, I'm really hopeful and really positive and that's, that's kind of just how I am as a person and how I, I live my life. Um, uh, but I'm also, uh, I, I'm also wary of uh, booking booking gigs, yeah. um, and then there's an awkward sort of situation where I, you know, I might have to cancel because yeah. it's maybe not. Although it might be legal, it still might not be appropriate. That sort of thing. So, yeah. uh, so I've not booked any gigs yet, but I know a few of my friends have, and and I really support them doing that. I think that's great. Um, also, because sort of my so my brother's been. Um, uh, gigging professionally now for about 10 years whereas I was doing it for just about a year before the lockdown started um, I was I was always writing my own stuff that was what I wanted to do is write my own stuff I didn't want to um, to be doing covers so uh, so yeah no I, I, I've not got anything booked but I'll certainly be um, happy to take them when they come yeah. um, if, if it's appropriate to do so yeah mm. I'm just playing it by ear yeah, no, I think that's a sensible attitude to have. Um, I know a lot of people I've spoken with, you know, and they talk about, you know, when, when it's all over and done with. Um, and I've been fairly good at kind of predicting things. Um, you know, I, I was pretty close when I said the lockdown would end last year. And I was also even closer when I said it was going to come back into play again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really just about watching about what's going on around about, and I must admit, I I, I have been following the first minister's uh, briefings. Um, certainly, when she was doing them, like every single day, I, I, I was tuning in every day for it. The not as much now, um, and obviously they're in that situation now where they're leading up to the election, so it's even less. Um, but I like to kind of keep a abreast of it. Um, because it gives me an idea of things to work on. And I find things out that, you know, I, I didn't really realise myself. Um, and I predicted quite accurately when I was going to get my vaccine jab. Um, wow. Not to the day, unfortunately, but I got it to the week um, that nice. I actually got it. So that was that was pretty good. And that was just, ba again, that was just based on, you know, watching the daily briefings, hearing what they were saying about, you know, what age groups are getting done now, how many people they've done in those age groups. And from that, I just kind of thought, right, let's have a wee think about this. All right, it'll be um, the, the, uh, the second week of March is what I said. And it was the second week of March. Um, Great. That happened, so yeah. you know, there you go. <laughs> With us, we, because I'm because I'm studying uh, mental health nursing, we got um, an email around January saying, "Get it booked," you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got I got mine my, my first one uh, towards the end of February, mm -hmm. uh, around that time, um, and so my second one will be coming up in a, a week or so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What? What vaccine did, did they did they give you? Was it the Astrazeneca one or the Pfizer or I was Pfizer because I was I was at Ninewells, so right. it was the Pfizer. 
Yeah. It's, it's just uh, quite interesting because I remember somebody asking me, before I'd even got it, somebody said to me, oh, what job are you getting? And I'm like, I've got no idea. You know, it's a COVID job. I don't really care what it is. <laughs> You know, as it turned out, it was the AstraZeneca one, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. But for some yeah. reason, people seem to have, you know, and then there's been all this stuff about blood clots and stuff like that, you know. Um, and I'm just like, well, do you know what? I'd still take it. You know, even if they mm-hmm. said to me yeah. there was a possibility that you might have this kind of reaction to it, I would still take it. Um, just yeah. because I think in the long run, it's going to be better. It's like, you know, like every year I get the, the flu jab um, because I'm diabetic, you know, and I, I'm in that group. Um, and ironically enough, the one time that I didn't get it, um, I got the flu. Right. Yeah. The, the only reason I didn't get it was because the, the, the doctor was moving surgeries and I thought, uh-huh. well, give them a week to get themselves, you know, moved and sorted and all the rest of it. And in that week that I was giving them, I came down with a flu. I'd never yeah. ever had it in my life before, and I felt terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, so, I, I just, I just know I'm, I'm very much in that camp of you know, if it's there to help you, then for goodness' sake, take it. Well, that's it. And these guys, the, the thing is, so what I find interesting is when people say, "Oh, you know, I, I wouldn't trust this government," you know, but it, it, is, it wasn't made by any government mm-hmm. no no politician ever put their hands on on the uh on any vaccine before yeah. it was it was it was scientists and yeah. these guys really know this stuff yeah. and also they like, you know also they they're checking each other's work which is mm-hmm. uh you know great so i i trust that um and so yeah i was i was right in for mine as soon as i had the opportunity <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um so let's get back to some music then um what I need you to do for me, um, because uh-huh. I put this out on Saturday. So if you can drop yeah. me a, 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 an email um, with a, maybe five or six uh, tracks on there, uh, I'll weave uh-huh. them into the show as well. Um, uh-huh. And uh, obviously we'll play this. So this will go out around about 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, because when I do the Zooms, uh-huh. generally speaking, they go out around about 11 o'clock. Um, so yeah. it would be nice if you could uh, contribute some music. It doesn't have to be not your own, um, because uh-huh. somebody did ask me uh-huh. that once when I asked them to send me some music. They were like, can I send my own? And I was yeah, of course you can send your own. It can be anything, you know. It doesn't have to be, you know, six artists who have had an influence on you or whatever, although it's nice uh-huh. if there are people like that in there, you know. Um, but it just gives us an idea and gives the listeners an idea of the kind of things that you listen to, you know, um, that's not oh. your own uh, music. So Great, yeah. Um, if, if you can get that done for us, um, as I said, what we'll do is we'll put it out on the show on the Saturday. Uh, we will also put it up on our uh, YouTube channel as well. We have an Indie Live YouTube yep. channel now um, and all of the interviews get put up in there as well. Um, and I'm not sure if we put them onto the Podbean channel um, because some of them have music in them and okay. it's a bit sticky, you know, doing that. But what we always do is we always put up links anyway um, to, you know, where you can get the, this person's music or you can follow them on Instagram or whatever. Like are, you just looking for, are you just looking for 
song title and band name. Yeah. Uh, or you yeah. want link? Yeah. It's just no, song just, title. Band. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, uh, I don't know, King Creosote X track. You know, um, there's a pretty better than even chance that I'm going to have it in the library anyway. Um, we've got a pretty extensive library, um, but if it's not. I mean, let's be honest, there's lots of places I can find things, you know. And, and on the odd occasion when somebody has sent me something um, that I didn't have, um, I would just go to like Spotify or Amazon Music or Bandcamp or whatever. Um, and most of the time I'm going to find it there anyway. So yeah. it's, it's not really much of a problem. Um, but I would just like to thank you um, for taking the time out to have a wee chat with me. Um as I say, we'll get this all sorted out and we'll play it out on Saturday. Um, and cool. just more power to your elbow in terms of your uh, performing and your uh, studies as well. Um, thanks very much, Jim. With that. Cheers. And, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks, for, thanks for playing my stuff and for listening to it and for chatting to me today. Thank you very much. Yeah, No problem. Well, thank you for your time. And listen, you have a great evening. Okay, so how do you get in touch with me here at the Saturday Show? Well, it's very, very simple. You can tweet me at JE Saturday Show or at Indie Live Radio. You can send me a message to our page on Facebook, Indie Live Radio. Why not join us on the Discord chat live during the show? Go to the website, indielive.radio, and sign up to the Discord chat channel. You can text the show, 07849 162250 that's 07849162250 you can email me at the show and if you are a musical artist singer band etc you email james.saturdayshow at gmail.com with a sample of your music and uh, we can arrange to have it played on air for you we have our own facebook page and uh, any interviews a new artist that i will be featuring will be posted up on there also james's saturday show fantastic classics artist interviews and brand new music james's saturday show on indie